0: Um, so again, that was my mini commercial for Pear Deck, um, and while I'm going to shut the door so it's quiet enough, you can hear me in here, you can uh, share with me what kind of facial hair I should consider growing, so you have a little drawing feature, I'll take these back to my wife and give them a suggestion, see if anything gets approved, um, but Pear Deck is fine, you can do things like this. students because you can show student responses. You can scroll through and uh, show ooh, nice yellow <laughs> goatee. Ooh, that's not that's I don't even know how to describe that, but that's good. Nice beard. <laughs> Bunny ears. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Alright. So um, I am going to talk today about giving feedback from uh, student writing through video and how that increases ownership and improves writing. So now I'd like you to circle all of the types of feedback that you give. You give whole class comments. So at the end of a paper or after a draft, you talk to the whole class and say, I see this, I see that. Yep. Join P- jointpd.com and then this code up here. H-G-V-N-O, you should be able to join us still. Um, whole class comments, so you just address everybody. Traditional grades, type of feedback. Written or typed comments, student ex- exemplars, so you keep former student's version of the assignment and you show that as a model. Conferencing, so meeting with the student one-on-one, or peer feedback. Um, and again, I can show these responses. So no student exemplars from that person. Uh, traditional grades, competency, maybe this person's not there. Okay, so uh, some of us are using some of these, uh, or most of these, some of us are using all. Uh, I just want to take some time to think about all of our writing feedback practices before I talk about a couple other things that I use. So which kind of feedback generates the most improvement in your experience? If you only had one type, what type would you choose? Because it gives the most improvement. Hello. If you can go to joinpd.com joinpd.com and put in this five letter code that will help me out with interactive. All right, so uh, most of you are saying that conferencing gives students the best feedback. It creates the most improvement for writing. Well, let's go and think through all of this. So if you've got an elbow partner, somebody close to you, talk to them about what are the benefits and drawbacks of the strategy of whole class comments. What's good about whole class comments? What's not so good about whole class comments? Yeah. I the first you I
2: yeah. And, so, yeah. um, and some of them just the in um, yeah but uh, i yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, if if your elbow partner said something that really resonated with you, you heard something really good, could you share what you heard?
1: You cover a lot in a little
0: amount of time. Whole class comments are quick because you have however many students getting information. Uh, You only have to say it once. Anything else that's good about whole-class comments? Yeah, George? I think a kid who's struggling might hear that other people are struggling and sound the same way. Good. What's a drawback? Not specific. Not specific. Some of the kids who need the feedback might be thinking what? (laughs) Not not talking about me. so that, that can be a little hard with follow through. Hello, welcome. If you go to joinpd.com or ask somebody about the website joinpd.com and put in the five letter code, then you can do the interactive stuff with us later. Uh, okay, with that same partner, what are the benefits and drawbacks of traditional grades?
1: Amen. Wow. Right. That right. that's, that's a right, straight- um, w- that um, right. that's so I to versus, the to the the process message process, the to Okay. okay. somebody I'm share I'm what
0: you heard? Uh, somebody share a benefit that you
2: heard?
0: A benefit that you've heard? From traditional grades.
2: We just said students are used to it, so
0: they feel like they know what it means, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. What's a drawback? What's something you heard that might be
1: a drawback to using traditional or only using traditional grades, yes?
0: Well it's
2: for me it's like for writing it's more about the process. So I'd rather, you know, how do I reward
0: It feels final, which is kind of a negative thing. Yeah. Okay,
1: yep. I think it's so hard for writing, what's a B plus, and what's a B, and... So they don't necessarily
0: know know why the grade Uh is... They feel like they know what it is, but they don't know how they got to that point. Yes. And what about this, written or typed comments? What are the benefits and drawbacks of written typed comments?
1: Go ahead and talk to your elbow partner. I it. Can somebody give me a benefit?
0: Let's share. Can somebody give me a benefit of written or typed comments?
2: It is specific.
0: It is so the whole class comments. They can't hide behind trying to believe that was somebody else. I always feel like it's most
1: beneficial for me because I'm sort of explaining why they got what they got. Sure and
0: you have a record of it too, right? So if you get a, if you take another draft, you can look at what you said previously.
1: Eliminates questions like, okay, I mean, most of the time they can read it and say, okay, I got that wrong or I missed that or whatever. A lot of clarity.
0: What's the drawback? Time. Time.
2: It can be overwhelming for the student. I mean, regardless of whether it has an F or an A on the top, like when there's a lot of writing, especially like depending on the ink or the color or whatever, like it can be like, Oh,
0: they wrote all of this like, and that might be equated with it's bad, even though every comment that's written is a, a negative. And one thing um, that I think about too is when you write a comment, when you write two comments, they feel equal because you made a comment about both of them, right? So a missing comma feels equal to missing thesis, and those are not equal. <laughs> but when a a student is looking at revision, and they might say, well, I don't think I have enough time to do everything, but I can fix that comma. That's something I can quickly fix. Uh, the thesis, that'll take a long time to fix, so I'll do enough of my revisions, and they're kind of missing out on the big, uh, the big pieces sometimes. Uh, how about this? Student, oh, yep.
2: I just want to say real quick that um, I realized, too, that I really need to talk to the students about the, uh, like, if you're doing it in Google Comics, the comments, the result. Also, like, I spend so much time, all of a sudden everything's resolved. And I go in, I'm like, I'll see that much they, change. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so they resolve it without actually fixing I realized them. I
2: had to have a conversation with him about the result. But. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Um, Student exemplars, I don't think the strategy was used as much by us here, but um, if you don't use this, imagine what could be good or what could maybe be a little detrimental about showing current students what previous students have done, so go ahead and talk about that.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm going to do this. <laughs>
1: Okay, let's share.
0: What's good about um, showing student examples? Gives them a sense of the expectations for what to or what to It really clarifies expectations and also what students are capable of doing, right? If you're only showing professional writing that's been Um, Edited and and revised a lot, they may feel like we're only getting examples of standard that we can't match. Um, So that's that's helpful. Anything else that's helpful about student examples? Yep. This is taking a little
2: bit in a different way, but we were talking about how sometimes I'll write this is one shot. I'll write an example that's terrible. And they, lo- I'll be like, I wrote this, and they love to like critique it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that helps them say, oh, I did learn some things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, I think you get more productive discussions when you don't have perfect examples, um, because it gets them to grow in their ability to to judge. Um, that's good. Yep. Time, uh, give them the example and in seventh grade. Uh, whenever I do that, they'll reproduce that exact same thing in their own words very quickly and get it done. Whereas if you do not give them that and make them use their own thoughts, now we're talking it could take two days or three days. I'm just thinking of a conversation where a cousin of mine kind of asked about teaching, and I was in a paper where I like given these detailed directions. And I said like, ah, just the students don't read the directions. And she like, yeah, my son's in high school too and I don't think he reads the directions, he just sits down and does his writing assignment. So yeah, when you show an example, they really get what the assignment is supposed to be um, and then that's easier for them to do and when they just see what they're supposed to, do. when they see the directions, um, you get some vague, general writing sometimes. Um, good drawbacks from student examples.
1: I think they can be less creative because they're going to follow in the mold. And
0: less creative them. for sure. They just try to copy, oh this is what you want. It's not exactly what I want, it's just an example of, of something. I also see bad habits sometimes picked up. Um, I had an example with the cliché paint a picture, the author really paints a picture. And then the next timed writing that I gave, Everybody had that in the intro, and it's not good. (laughs) But I said it's not good, but they saw it and they liked it. Um, Conferencing, what's good about conferencing? So meeting one-on-one with students. Go ahead and talk with your elbow partner. And you're watching the opportunity to speak. You know, I'm usually like starting to the audience, i to you know, to 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 I'm going to stop you by two things that I heard, the same thing I heard from two groups. Um, When you're conferencing, the students hear your tone of voice, and that goes a long way. Uh, The red pen always seems pretty angry, Um, (laughs) but you can use your tone of voice to make everything a little less threatening. Uh, What else is good about conferencing?
2: Building relationship with your students.
0: Building
1: relationship at one-on-one time. The ultimate goal is communicating. So um, conferencing is teaching them about the art of communication back and forth, asking questions, sharing, that kind of thing. I think that's a big thing.
0: Um, With your written comments, you feel like you've been clear, but do they really understand them? And when you're right there with them, you can go back and forth. Um, What's drawback? We all know this, right? Time. Where do you do this? When do you do this? Um, Are you going to use your 40 minute, 35 minute middle school class? to meet with three students. Um, what are the other 22 students do? Um, what about peer feedback? Uh, maybe let's just do this all together. What's, what's a, a be- benefit of peer feedback?
2: Practicing communicating others.
0: Absolutely. Practicing communication.
2: Looking at other examples and going along
0: Students generally like to see what other people have written, and they generally will try harder when they know that their peers are going to look at them. Both of those things. Um,
2: On a flip side, sometimes students don't, if they're writing about something that's personal to them, um, depending on who's in their class or who's in their group or who they're paired with, they're hesitant to share this. Mm -hmm. Precious or yeah. special thing, um, and I've also found sometimes that feedback isn't genuine sometimes when they're worried about the social dynamic of who's in nice there. Like you're more powerful than I am, so I'm not going to tell you that you know this is a really poor introduction, You know.
0: Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pre-teaching about how to give feedback too, um, and that's all really valuable, but you have to. Kind of teach the kids how to give and receive feedback to make it effective. Anything else? Sometimes the students are wrong in their feedback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so um, I'm going to talk about two more tools in the toolbox. So um, how I got to teaching AP English, which is when the class that I used a lot of video feedback for, um, I was actually thrown in in the middle of the year. Um, A teacher had to um, to quit in the middle of the year, and I was not teaching English at the time, but I was certified, so I was teaching AP then, and it was the first time I was teaching English on my own. And um, I really wanted students to do some thinking about their thinking, and so I tried to do like a self-evaluation, grade yourself, before I grade you and it just wasn't quite working and then I also went to workshop where I learned about a timed writing rehash and so I use these um, quite a bit and what I would do is I would type up what students wrote in their timed writings and so over here like I had seven thesis statements that I wanted to talk about all from the same assignment and I'd have the students work in groups and uh, tried to use non-threatening language, so which, um, how would you rate these? Is it a strike? Is it a walk? Is it a double or a home run? And so that in groups, they were talking about the class's writing. Um, unfortunately, they just sit there and try to figure out who wrote what, even though I told them that's not what they're supposed to do. But you get them comparing different thesis statements, and that was really pretty effective. Then um, I do the same thing with body paragraphs. And so we were looking at some students writing, not every students writing. We were having some peer conversation, and also I would then have the final word. I would say, "Well, no, this is this one's the home run," and then talk about why. And it, it's very effective, and it was very good. Um, but then another thing that I came to, um, sorry, we'll skip over that. Another thing I came to was um, was giving video feedback. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna play a couple videos for you so you can just hear um, how I did that for my students. But I would, uh, I would use their handwritten um, papers and scan them in and make a, a video with my computer. So here is one of them. I hope it's loud enough. And I hope we have enough Wi-Fi.
1: Mm-hmm. This is going to be really unfortunate.
0: <laughs> well, what you would be hearing... <laughs> um,
2: What's that? Would it help at all if we got all our devices
0: or is not, not? I don't think so because I don't think that you're really like pulling. Yeah. Um. Well, basically, you would be hearing my tone of voice, which is not threatening, <laughs> and where I'm telling him that in a thesis statement, instead of telling readers that somebody's an example of what not to be, tell them what that character actually is, so state things positively instead of negatively. Um, I think he has some vocabulary issues, and he talks about how the writer just is really good at making um, the words, you know, making the reader able to visualize, and how that's really what every good writer does, and if every good writer does it, it's not worth saying, about this writer, because we're we're in AP Lit, and we have to say we have to talk about the subtle differences and the the higher quality uh, or the higher nuanced issues in the the reading that we're doing. Um, I'm really sorry about the Wi-Fi; that's really disappointing. But um, then two weeks later, uh, so this was a this was a very average timed writing, maybe below average, very general. Not about theme at all. Um, just very general that this writer is a good writer because this writer makes the reader visualize things. Um, first timed writing in AP Lit. Then uh, two weeks later, um, he had we had the next timed writing assignment, and just had he had a much improved um, timed writing where he was dealing with theme. He was in complexity. He was bringing in very good evidence from the text within the body paragraphs, and all of that was absent uh, just two weeks previous. Um, so it was, it was pretty immense growth. Um, in the past, it felt like once we were getting after Christmas break into February and into March, it was, everything was starting to click for a lot of my students. And I'm not gonna say everything clicked in two weeks for every student, But some students who had major writing issues in the first week of school, by the time the first month was over, they had significantly grown because of the the video feedback. Um, But it reminds me of the movie Hitch, which uh, is probably a long time ago now. It doesn't seem like that long ago. Anybody remember what, um, not that I think this is factual truth or anything, but what Hitch talked about with communication in that movie? Does anybody remember this or no? He goes through a study, um, Dr. Albert Maradian's study, with the 7, 38, and 55 rule. Um, And again, how do you break communication down into percents like this? I kind of have a problem with premise of the whole study, but the main point of it I definitely agree with. Uh, 55% of your communication comes through body language, 38% through your voice uh, and your tone, and only 7% is from the spoken words. So if if you kind of back that up and think about your text messages, how often you've had to have text conversations back and forth because something was not communicated the way you thought it would be. Um, now you go to your written comments on student papers. How often is a well-intended comment uh, taken the wrong way? And you probably will never find out about it. Um, they will just kind of take that uh, and sit with it. Um, but through giving video feedback, you don't have the body language, but you have the tone of voice. And they get, uh, they get your heart from that and they know that you want them to grow and that you're trying to help. And they don't necessarily get that from written comments. Um, So my process, I have the students handwrite the essays. I use our copy machine to scan these handwritten essays into a PDF uh, that comes to my email. And I mark up the PDF with uh, Lumen PDF. So basically what that looks like is I Go into here um, through my Gmail. I just have this add-on Lumen PDF, and I make very very quick. I make very very quick. Oh boy! Marks haven't done this for a while with their drawing feature, and these marks. Oh boy. Will this just let me open it. No. No. Um just with the drawing feature I do stars for things. Um Um, I, just, I just draw, when there's something good that I want to praise, I just take my mouse and I do a quick star. And when there's something that I want to give constructive feedback on, I just do a little a little mark, like a C in the margin or something like that. And not that the C stands for anything, it's just I want a different mark from the star so I remember what I'm doing. Um, but then I, uh, so I mark it up, And then I make uh, a copy of the rubric on the Google Drive. I just go to make a copy. As I make a copy, I change the name. So I just put the student's name. And then I have this new version of the Google Doc. I go and highlight where they are on my rubric. So I just highlight it and make a comment. Um, and then I don't do anything with that Google Doc. I complete all of the videos, and I drag the videos. Uh, I use Screencast-O-Matic. Uh, you can also use Screencast I'll talk a little bit about those if you have questions. But I make the video, and it goes into my Google Drive. I drag the videos into a shared folder where that's only shared with that individual student but I keep the rubric from them. I don't share the rubric. Then I make them listen to the video and grade themselves. So they have the same rubric and just a comment on that video. They make a comment and tell me where they scored themselves. And then once all the students access the video from the Google folder and grade themselves, um, then I drag their own personal rubric into their own personal shared folder, and then they see what their grade was on the video, and they see what my grade is on the rubric, so I'm, I'm giving them guidance in how to assess themselves, and I can, my language can be as closely tied to the rubric as I want it to be, um, so I can actually use the wording of the rubric, but then I know for sure that they have listened to these comments because I'm requiring them to do the self-evaluation. Uh, But then I'm also, I'm not just taking their grade, I'm giving them my feedback and giving them my grade so they can kind of see where are we off the mark. And then if there's somebody who's rating themselves at a level four, and I'm saying you're a level two, then I know I need to conference with you. Um, So I'm not conferencing with every student. I'm only conferencing with the students who are not getting it from the video feedback. And I also do, I, I never ever give extra credit. I never did as a teacher, but I do give extra credit if your self-evaluation is right. Um, uh, that's something where I really want them to take it seriously, I really want them to engage with the rubric and really engage with my feedback, so that's something where I'm willing to give extra credit um, for perfect or almost perfect self-assessments. So anyway, what it looks like, I have uh, individual folders for each student in the Google Drive I, um, I drag the videos just drag them right over once I've made all those videos drag them into the individual folders and wait for them to grade themselves by making a comment after they grade themselves I drag the rubric into the folder so they can see my grade for them um, so, uh, maybe before we go there, <laughs> sorry, um, basically, um, I'm thinking about this, there's, a, there's some research that said the second you put a grade on the top of a paper, do you know what the, the punchline or whatever of this research is, when you put a grade on the top of the paper, then students do what? Well, uh, they don't pay attention to any of the other feedback. As soon as the grade's on on there, the grade is everything that matters. So by having, allowing myself to do the grade in that moment, so I make the rubric, but I don't share it with them, I'm economizing my time, I'm getting that done, but I'm delaying it for them, so that my feedback is more meaningful. Because if I'm giving constructive feedback, even an A paper has some things that I want to improve, Um, they're not shutting down once they see that A. And if I give a C minus D plus, they're not shutting down because I'm just not a good writer. I'm no good at this. Uh, They're getting the the feedback first. They have to engage that before I will allow them to know my assessment. Um, But anyway, now you can give some ideas. So what are some other ways teachers could use video for feedback? So um, if you think of different assignments or different subject areas, what are some ways that teachers could give feedback? And you can type this into um, the Pear Deck. If you have your phones out still.
2: child to actually write in person? <coughs>
0: uh, I didn't ask <laughs> who teaches it anymore. We do an arts I mean good. Yeah. I that's good. Well, that. do
2: you do the video feedback with sorry, with like Google Docs too and not just their handwritten
0: things? Um, no. Okay. I, I didn't personally. Okay. Um, I used video and I used Turnitin. Okay. Um Turn does anybody use Turnitin? Turnitin has a, um, an audio feature. So I would I would give audio feedback, not video feedback through Turnitin. <coughs> Let's see what you said. <coughs> oh. Is our internet really bad? Um,
2: I'm, I'm in the middle of Okay. Yeah.
0: But we're not getting too many responses. Mm-hmm. Essay questions in history. Maybe I'll let you type. Oh, they're pretty watching. Uh, for showing how to move paragraphs around?
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> Quiz, essay questions, or reading response yeah. questions in literature, extended responses. Uh, students might also be able to create videos. Yeah, I actually did think about... Um, I wanted to do something in creative writing. I never did, but having students make a video to show why they made revisions. I thought that would be a pretty powerful learning. Um, But I didn't didn't ever do that. Um, Good. If we had internet, I would show you how a teacher in my building used video for (coughs) lab report, uh, rough drafts. Um, I'm assuming this won't work.
2: All right, Manny, nice job on your lab report. Very impressed with this for your first draft. I just have a few points and feedback that I would like to give you for your second draft. Um, First off, well done on your abstract. You managed to encapsulate all four points that I need in your abstract, the objectives, the methods, the results, and the conclusion in two concise sentences. Very impressed. That first one that I have highlighted, It. objectives and your conclusions all at once, so nice job on that, on the rubric, that would be a core. Your introduction, great start. Um, the only thing I saw in there right away that hit me was, what is qualitative analysis? Um, don't just assume that everybody in your audience knows exactly what that is. So you can spend a sentence or two distinguishing qualitative versus quantitative. Okay,
0: the next thing I. S- um, I'm just curious now if my videos will work, so <laughs> sorry. I um, wonder if I try to get to them through this. Do you have a rule for yourself or how long not to go? Yeah, okay, so, I'm happy you signed up for all right. mm-hmm. Um So the first, the first round that I did, I was between five and eight minutes. And that was way too long for many reasons. Um, by by the end, I was three minutes. Like if I went over three minutes, I thought that was too much. Um, but I quick made those quick marks, and then I quick made the video, um, and I just, you know I did it all right then. So it probably took me about about eight minutes per student would be my guess to do everything to read it, to mark it up, to make the video, to have it in the Google Drive. Okay, all of that, about eight minutes per student. And if you're doing detailed handwritten comments, you're probably spending about that much time per student anyway, pretty close to it. Um, if you're not, then you're not doing <coughs> that detailed comments, then they're not getting the feedback. But I'm going to play this for you. I want to give you some feedback on your first time writing, and then you're going to look at that time re- writing rubric I gave you last week, and you are going to assess yourself, and then we will figure out which grade it is for this. So a couple things. Um, just right here in the beginning, saying that Neuropa kind of is an example of what not to be. Um, I guess I would just quibble and have a little quibble with that, because uh, Oconco is also something not to be. So. Um, I guess you could be a little more precise in this because Oconquo kind of, yeah, he does go to the polar opposite, but that doesn't make Oconquo any better. So I would just be a little hesitant about that as a kind of point to make. Um, I think some of the issues that I'm seeing in your writing uh, are coming from maybe just getting a better understanding of what AP Lit is and how it's different from AP Lang, Um, So when you have this, like, focusing on the reader being transported, uh, every good writer is going to transport the reader. So it's almost too broad because everything we read is going to transport the reader. So you want to be making points that are more specific to what we're actually reading. Also, every good writer uh, makes the reader visualize things. So what's more peculiar or what's more um, remarkable about this passage That's sets it apart, makes it different from other good writing. Um, and down here, this seems like something more from like a, an AP lane. So what you are doing well is you're getting a good balance of data, and you're starting with a claim giving some data, but it just doesn't quite seem to be the types of claims in cafeteria that you need for your data. For example, when you mention something like the bushfire, why is that good as a simile Earl What about him makes a bushfire fitting? Well, it spreads quickly. Um, it, it almost seems to like convey the anger, but also the destruction that he can cause. And uh, Down here you do this better his children hearing him breathing and breathing in his sleep. Um, that also could be like, well why do they need to hear him? Maybe they're afraid of him. Uh, so just kind of developing that with a little more commentary. Um, this is a much this is much closer where you need to be, uh, down here. So that's that's good for the future, trying to do more of that. Um, then uh, down here, their appearance. Let's see. Yeah, this is almost kind of like a little too long to be a conclusion, um, a little too much data to be a conclusion, so it seems like kind of a mix between a body paragraph and a conclusion. You want to just have your body paragraphs and then have a a short little conclusion to wrap it up. Conclusions are the toughest thing, so that's maybe not something to really focus on. More uh, for you to focus on now is claims and commentary that are more about uh, analysis uh, of characterization and things like that, and get... Um. Just in the interest of time, I think we'll stop that and maybe we can talk about it. What are some, some things that you noticed? Like, what are decisions that I made that maybe people wouldn't make in written comments, but I made them in video feedback or anything you noticed? Anybody have a comment? It's easier to give more like, nuanced feedback um,
2: because you kind of went into this sort of, like, philosophical thing at the beginning. Which, how would you write that out? It would take a long time, and I
0: don't mind saying it, but to sit down and handwrite that, I'm never gonna handwrite that. I might type it, but I don't really want to. Thanks.
1: Also gives you the freedom to go back and forth between different things you're doing in your essay. Say, this is why this is better than what I mentioned here. Mm -hmm. And then keep bouncing back and forth. Yep. Yep. I just, I really like the
2: fact that you only had a few things either start or circle, so it really pushes a student to listen to the feedback
0: rather than pay attention to kind of visually what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, when I started out teaching writing, I wanted to give feedback on every single thing. Um, they just, they can't take it all in. I mean, nobody can, can't work on that many things. So this forces you to prioritize. And I, I think you probably heard me trying to prioritize for him at the end, too. This isn't so good, but you need to fix that before you fix this.
1: So on your next time writing, work on that, and eventually we'll get to this one. Yep. So the, the thing I really liked about it was just the way you could go back and forth between positive and negative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think we've all realized in giving feedback, you know, they can take it very harshly. Mm-hmm. And so just, hey, you know, work on this, but you're doing this, work on this, you're doing this, and you can just kind of weave it really well, and that's not something you can do with a big pen.
0: And the tone of voice, I think, is a big thing. Uh, Well, I have like 13 minutes. I have another three-minute video from me. I have a three-minute or maybe five-minute video from an art teacher. I can answer questions. I can talk about the technology. Is anybody bold enough to say I want you to do this or that? Yeah? Can you talk about the technology you use? Sure. What, what, what were you going to say in the back? Oh, I was just wondering about uh, downsides. Oh, <clears throat> from using this? Yeah. Um, so what I lose is the peers seeing each other's writing and giving each other feedback. Um, but you can still do that. It's not like you have to do this at the expense of other things. Um, you know, previous slide, I put more tools in the toolbox. I don't think this has to replace everything that you're doing, um, but um, what I don't get from this is like the productive discussion between peers that I got maybe in the time-writing rehash. That's a very valuable thing to have students Trying to determine themselves what good writing is, and then especially once they've made their decision for me to come in and either clarify their understanding or to, um, to support and encourage them that they're on the right track but do, do they have the original document yeah so 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 um, they I mean I sometimes they would hand back just the handwritten one so they'd have it. Um, or you could share the PDF with them too. Um, so, yep, they do have the like Um But the, the technology, I use Screencastmatic. I'll see if I can get that. Oops. See if I can get that to work better than Lumen PDF. Um, Does anybody use Screencast-O-Matic or Screencastify? Do you use Screencastify? They're kind of the same thing. Um, They're just screen recording. Uh, I think you can use, you know, like QuickTime. A lot of things you could use. Screencastify, which is the one I don't use, I think that automatically puts videos into the Google Drive, but it has a 10 minute video limit. Um, When I started using Screencast-O-Matic, I was using it for a bunch of different things, and I needed a 15 minute limit, so I got that, but then, um, mm, sorry, I can't multitask. So, the ScreenCast-O-Matic, I needed the 15 minute limit, that's why I used it, but I, you have to use the paid version to get it to integrate with the Google Drive. Um, but basically, if you are using this, you just have a, a screen recorder, and I also like this about ScreenCast-O-Matic, you can, you can change the size. I think on ScreenCastify, it just has to take a whole window. Like, I also,
2: had focus on so yeah. It's really from, um,
0: so yeah, you you can you you'd get the full tab or you'd get the full window. So I wanted to be able to adjust to the PDF size, so I was just a little picky about that. Um, but basically, you get rid of the webcam part, and you just click record, and you just let it go. You can edit it if you want, but I'm I'm making these three-minute videos. They don't have to be perfect. Um, The point was to get them done quickly and to make them beneficial, so I didn't edit anything, but you just do that, and once it's done, um, you just click Google Drive, and then you name it, so you put the student's name on it, and you just publish it. And there it is in the Google Drive. It shows up. You search for it. You drag it into the folder. Um, so that's that was my
1: process. Yep. Um, so for the, what you're using it for is like these timed writing. It's mm-hmm. something you do periodically throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, would you ever consider using? I teach a composition class where you're we're writing research papers. We're writing, mm-hmm. you know, there's creative writing assignments too, it just but longer than you know, a one-page or two-page written response. Would you ever consider doing this for, let's say, a five-page research paper?
0: I never did, but I did give audio feedback through Turnitin, and that also had a three-minute limit. Okay. Um, so I don't see any reason not to. Um, I just didn't because I was paying for that other tool, and it, it was easy, um, but yeah. I think the big thing is training yourself to prioritize your comments, and then even if you do that, make that video, you may have marked a million commenters, but then in the video you can say, "You need to fix all these comments," but that is not nearly enough, and you know you can you can give that feedback. So I yeah I would say go ahead and try it. I never did it, but I did a similar thing. Any other? questions and after this feedback would they do a second handwritten draft or go to a type draft I didn't do that for timed writings um, just because I was preparing for the AP test where they're taken you know as as a first draft um, so I I had that specific task that I used it for for preparation for a specific but, but you know, um, if I had played more of the, if I had played more of the lab report in science, that's what she did. It was a draft. And um, the art teacher did the same thing. They were in the middle of an of editing process, and she said, like your, your contrast needs to be turned up here and you're washed out in this area. So you need to go and, and do this again. So definitely some teachers who are using video for feedback are doing that. I just didn't for this specific task. Any other questions? Yep.
2: Where's the audio element on turnitin.com? Do you have
0: that? Do you know where the end comment feature is? I think if you go down to the bottom of that, there's, I can show you. Okay. Any other questions? Well, thank you for coming, you can always email me if you're trying it out and you have questions or if you if you want a uh, refresher on the tools I used, you want to snag me and ask me other questions, I'm willing to help. Thank you so much for coming.